tie. I'm loose. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> no, I'm Hannah. Yeah. And I'm loose. And this is Rhyme. Okay. We're so curious. We're so curious. We want to learn. We love to talk. And connect. And listen. That's true. So here we are, listening to you. With a lot of questions. Yeah, we're lifelong learners. We want to know you. Let's rhyme, baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's rhyme, baby. Let's rhyme, baby. I love doing podcast interviews. But every time someone tells me to listen to me, I feel so uncomfortable. I love talking and knowing that someone's alone listening to my voice in a dark room is very unsettling. Oh, no. Why does it have to be dark? <laughs> yeah. Or outside running or. That too. That sounds better. I can, yeah, I can right? talk to you while yeah. you. Like listening yeah. to me as you fall asleep just sounds. Awesome. I don't know. It sounds yeah. very intimate. Be sure if you're a listener right now that you're on a run. Otherwise, pause. Yeah, and go. Pause and go. On a run. Cooking, cooking is cool. Walks are cool. Just don't listen to this before bed. <laughs> Alone in a dark room. Noted. Well, thank you for being on our podcast. This is a special little mini-series season because we're keeping our episodes short and sweet. So let's dive in and just tell us a little bit about um, who you are and maybe how you your life intersects with rhyme and um, maybe share a little bit about how you were interested in first working with us because it's been a while now. So maybe we can think back to that part of life. Awesome. Yeah. So I'm Daniel. Um, I'm born and raised in Chicago. Uh, I'm a sports agent by trade. That's my uh, profession, but I'm also a, a yogi and a meditator and a dreamer and a lover and a writer and anything else I want to be on any given day. Um, and uh, I intersected with Rhyme because I was in uh, Costa Rica for a uh, ayahuasca retreat. And shortly after that retreat, I spent a few days in Dominical and I went to uh, yoga studio to take a class well actually i take i take i step i'll take a step back i was staying at a really cool hotel and the owner of the hotel told me oh you've been doing yoga you have to go to this one teacher's class she's the best teacher she's my favorite you have to go to this class so i went with the owner of the hotel to uh dinyasa and and took a class by hannah and the uh class was awesome but the the playlist was spectacular and the reading of passages from um young pueblo's book was phenomenal so afterwards i had, I had a very emotional uh practice that day so afterwards i went and talked to hannah to thank her for the class and i think i broke out crying and we talked for a while and then we kept in touch and then Kept in touch for a while, and then I got into, a few months later, I got into a really busy season of my work where I was extremely stressed. I was overworked. My back was hurting. My neck was hurting. I wasn't sleeping well. And I reached back out to Hannah for help, um, and we started practicing every day. And a year, almost a year later, we still practice yoga almost every day. Additionally, I went on a private 
bougie rhyme retreat curated just for me in Portugal. Where me and Luz did EMDR, and me and Hannah did hands-on um, uh, yoga, which was my first time experiencing that treat. And um, I guess we'll probably dive deeper into the specifics of that experience. So I think I'll, I'll, I'll save the rest of the details for later. So that's my 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 bio and my my rhyme intersection experience. Mm -hmm. Oh, so great! Shout out to Megs over at Tribe for bringing you to yeah. my class at Danyasa. Yeah. Thanks so much. And yeah, thank you. It's such a it's such a a blessing to hear about the ripple effect of, you know, just a, a simple yoga class that um, mm. can sometimes leave such an impact. Yeah, so grateful for that. Um, so if you were if you were to to think back to that part of your life, you sort of touched on that. Um, you were in a really busy and, and stressful season with your work. And um, what what exactly was going on that you felt maybe that you could use some support in? Like if you could verbalize it and, and describe it, like what did you just, what, what did you feel in your body or in your mind that you were just like, I, I really need some help with this. I feel stuck in these ways or... Okay, well, what's interesting, actually, I'll, 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 before I answer that question directly, I'll take a few steps back for that. Like, I'm a manifester, right? Like, I'm, I'm like, when I figure out that I want something, I will manifest a way to make it happen. Um, and but, but rarely will I strategize on how. I'll just like set my mind to it and make it happen. So I don't. I've probably told you this story before. The, but the truth is, I never really did much yoga. Like, I would do a class here and there once when I was like anybody else. Like, the intention was like oh, I'm going to work on my breath. I'm going to work on my yoga. And then you go to one class and then you get the free, the, the core core power free trial. And then you do two classes and then you give up. And that was my story. But earlier that year, I had had a, a, a mushroom journey that I got a very clear message. I had to start doing daily yoga and I had to start focusing on my breath. Like these were things that were very clear downloads for me. And then I started doing some like YouTube videos, yoga with Adrian you know, on and off, I was starting to practice, but I knew I needed to take those practices to another level. So it was like setting that intention, sending it out to the universe. Like I need this, I need to do this. And then the more I practiced on YouTube, it was like getting closer to being ready. And then boom, ayahuasca class at Dinyasa. So it was in a sense, you could say, oh, it was coincidental serendipitous, but it was also manifested. It was me showing the universe I was ready to take that next step. And then the universe presenting an opportunity to me saying, hey, here's, here's a teacher, right? It's, um, it's like the hero's journey and, and right. Uh, where it's like the, the universe presents it a teacher and then you, you with the teacher for an arc and, and until you're ready to become the teacher, right. Um, or something like that. I have that book on my bookshelf. I haven't actually read it, but, um, but yeah, so it was like, I showed the universe, I was ready. The teacher was presented, but then even after that wonderful class, we kept in touch, but it wasn't immediate that I was like, all right, let's start daily practice. It wasn't until life started kicking my butt again. And I started intuitively knowing like, okay, I need support that I was like, oh, I met this teacher. Let me reach out to these people and see if they can support me. And then now that I'm, I've grown used to having that daily support or that weekly support or whatever. Um, it's something that's helping prop me up and, and keep me sustained um, because my job is very stressful. I run my, my body and mind into the ground at, at, for periods of time. 
and 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 I, you know it, it's nice to have that support but i think ultimately the goal is to get to the point where you can remove the training wheels and i can exist in the world in that way anyway right so um, i have a question about that eh? like you said well actually i did i didn't really reach out right away so what made you reach out like what was that point in your like your body or your system that made you feel like um, I, now I'm going to change because now I had enough or not like now you're at a breaking point or what was it that you felt like this is the moment I'm going to reach out? Well, I think the, uh, the, the truth to that answer is uh, less poetic than, than maybe you'd like for it to be. I think the re that there's two uh, realities to that from, as I remember it. One was I think after that class, I was already trying to convince Hannah to do just daily yoga. And she's like, that's not part of like the rhyme offering. We have retreats. We have, you know, these, these different types of coaching. Like I don't just do yoga. And I was like, all right, but I really need, I need this help. And I only have this sliver of time every day. So I think I had to beg for a while to convince her. And also, also the other part was I, during that stretch when I got really busy, it was because I was, work really picked up and I started making a lot more money. So then I had the financial resources to be able to invest in myself to say, Hey, mm -hmm. I can, if I'm making this amount of money, I can put 10% of my income towards, uh, mm -hmm. investing in my, my mental, physical, and spiritual well being. Uh, that's a very logical, uh, decision, but I'm sure that was also a very spiritual and emotional decision at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for sure. It's, um, I think the logic of the investment itself comes after the spiritual mm -hmm. and emotional, yeah. right? First, you emotionally want something. I really want to start working on these things. Oh, it's going to cost this much money. That's a lot of money. Okay. Now let me logically create a reason for why yeah, yeah. this makes sense. Yeah. I can convince myself of anything, but I think the logic yeah. <laughs> uh, holds, right? You, you invest 10% of your income, back into your physical, mental, spiritual well-being. And then you'll logically make at least 20% more money the next year if you're really physically, mentally, and spiritually healthy, right? Like, I think the logic adds up. Maybe it's not oh, precise yeah. math, yeah, yeah. but yeah. yeah. But, it but makes I think sense it to me. Yeah, yeah, sounds yeah, good to us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I, I, totally, I totally agree with that, but I, I cannot back it up with science either. That, that doesn't matter, right? And then, all right, fasting forward a little bit. And then uh, you worked with Hannah a lot, or like every day. And I was convinced, yes, let's do this. She went on traveling, so that worked out too. And then when did you decide, yes, I'm going to do this retreat? Like, how did that feel for you? And like, why did you do that? Why did you agree to that? Well, similarly, um, again, like I was going to Europe. I knew I was going to Europe for a stretch. And then I'd be hitting up Hannah and being like, hey, I might be here, I might be there. And she's like, well, we have this retreat at this time and this retreat at this time. And I'd be like, all right, cool. But like, I don't, I won't know until like a week before. Like, I just, I, I, I just kind of go with the wind. But then eventually I was like, all right, like, let me just invest in like reserving you guys for two weeks or for a week. Like, I, I don't know if I'm going to make it to these retreats. I don't want to take up a spot if I'm not going to come. So for me, again, similarly, it was like uh, an investment itself. And and that that whole math formula that I stated before, if you spend 10% of your income on investing in self, you'll make 20% more the next year. I think by the laws of compound interest, if you continue to make 20% every single year, you'll be a billionaire in like 20 years, 
So I don't know if that math is precise, but we'll find out. We'll find We'll out. find out. I, I'm Hey, definitely I'm here for it. And what are some of the things that you experienced through those five days that we spent together? Like, if you zoom in a bit to remembering the moments, the small moments that were either very informal or maybe a formal modality, right? But what are some of the ways that um, that intention became embodied, right? Like, when you worked with us? Well, one thing that's funny, I've told you guys this before, but I guess whoever's listening hasn't heard this, was like, I came in thinking, okay, there's two activities or things that we're doing, right? There's EMDR, hypnotherapy, and there's yoga. These are the two things we're working on. And then and I started to get like a few work calls during the course of the days. And I started feeling guilt that, oh, these two people have built their schedule around me for this week. And I have to step away for work calls. But then as I started to realize that you guys were observing me and using that as, um, uh, you know, intel to restructure some of the programming to directly uh, work on the things that you can see, you know, when my breath would speed up when I was on the phone or I would get just, you know, disheveled, disoriented, or just kind of the ways I handled stress, uh, the way my, my energies would change and that, that you guys are able to observe that. And then, you know, kind of shift some of the programming and some of the practices to be molded specifically to what you felt that I needed, which at first um, um, I went from guilt to then appreciation to realize that there was nothing to feel guilty about, which I think was something that I had to work on as a human in general. Like I often feel guilty. That's why I'm always taking work calls. Because if a client calls me and I can't pick up, I'm like, oh, no, I committed to this person. I'm their agent. They count on me. I'm the one person they can count on. I have to take the call. So like, I'm I'm riddled with guilt. It's a Jewish thing. Like I'm always, I'm always guilty, and I always feel bad. And then it's like here, I'm guilty if I don't take the call. But if I do take the call, I'm, I feel guilty because you guys are staring at me while I'm taking the call. But then you guys really put me at ease and said, "No, you. We want to observe you in your natural habitat, right? This is the Daniel Zoo. It's a petting zoo. You're gonna do yoga. You're gonna get pet, and we're gonna observe you." And then we're going to, we're going to, we're going to help, you know, give you some, some monkey therapy. So um, I thought that was really cool. And then I also, you know, for the first time there, got to see how the two practices of EMDR and yoga intersect um, and how, you know, when you open up the body and you open up your pathways, it actually allows you to be more open to find, finding traumas in your body and, and, and things that need to be released. And then 
ultimately releasing them on the final day, which I don't want to give away too much to someone who's never been on a, a retreat before. But, you know, it's kind of this buildup of interweaving activities that build up to the, the, the final day where you can kind of release and, and reset. Mm-hmm. And that was the case for you. It happened to be the case for you, but it's actually very um, personalized and unique because you were on a private retreat. That was your experience. But then on a group retreat, someone might release on day one, someone might release on day four, someone might not release until weeks after through rhyme coaching. So um, you had a very, yeah, a very beautiful and unique experience, which actually reminds me of on that final day when we did that special um, modality practice for you, where I was doing hands-on energy work. We opened up the body through some movement and breath. Then Luce came in with an EMDR and I continued to hold the space energetically. And then we had our dear friend, Sebastian, who came in and actually did the soundscape of the the music behind the whole experience. It was like a little bit over two hours, but that actually inspired us. So spoiler alert, hint, hint, teaser for those of you listening, that um, that two hour period where we combined our modalities with Sebastian's soundscape. Daniel, I don't know if you know this, but that's the one of the, the major inspirations for this new product that we're launching next year as well. That will be awesome. Um, available to all very soon. Well, I'm so happy because the whole world deserves Sebastian. He's a gift. Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell a little bit about that, that experience? I mean, not in detail, but like how you felt necessarily, but more like what the impact was to you afterwards how that was supportive for your whole well journey. well again it's funny a lot of um i'm looking back just reflecting now so much of my story um it follows the same patterns is is um uh, called to action skepticism resistance follow through you know and then help where it's like at first with like my call to yoga at first was like you know i I think i again going back to that story where like you know the the mushrooms especially told me you need to do yoga every day and the first time i got that call i didn't do it for a few months came back to the mushrooms tried tried them again and i got scolded and basically said hey asshole we told you to do yoga every day and you're not doing it so don't you dare come back and ask for more advice until you do what we told you to do so then I started doing yoga every day. Cool, cool, cool. And then Hannah saying, hey, you need to include EMDR. You need to be working on your breath. You need to include these other things. I'm like, the mushrooms told me to do yoga. Like I wasn't, I, I don't have time for, for anything else. And then, um, you, you know, and then so starting to work on these other things and then having, and then the same thing with Sebastian, where initially Hannah said, hey, we really want to bring in this position to 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 work with you i'm like what i'm going through therapy and i got some stranger playing guitar in my ear like i don't know this guy you know what like what what are you talking about and then uh and i'm I'm fucking crying and some guys playing the drums in the corner like what do we what do we need this for and then um i end up ultimately thinking about it and trusting my teachers and saying yes and then the whole experience came together as this wonderful interweaving of body work and energy work and um emotional therapeutic you know kind of release of my nervous system and and beautiful music that from a really intuitive musician who 
again, I don't want people to get jealous if they're not having a private retreat, but we was able to like feel, actually feel the releases that were happening in my body and spirit and, and, and have the music almost be a reaction to what I was going through to help me release. It was even that moment where I remember like I had something stuck in my throat where like I needed to release something from my throat and he played the, uh, the nice. throat, throat singing. He was able to like play the throat, the throat singing sound to like mm -hmm. release the thing from my throat. So it was, it was a wild experience of three hours of just, um, I mean, it was like, it was like almost like an ayahuasca trip, right? It's like going on a very intense uh, journey through your own uh, consciousness um, where you're both, you know, I imagine hypnotherapy being like, oh, like, you know, uh, um, like a pen, you know, a, a clock and then you you snap out of it and two hours later, you snap back and you're like, what just happened? Oh, you were like, made me block like a chicken and, you know, do, you know, do whatever you made me do. But for this, it's like you're conscious, you're aware you're in the room, you're aware of where you're at, you are yourself, but also taking a journey through your subconscious into areas that you normally aren't going to get access to and kind of cleaning out the cobwebs and finding out what's hiding in those in those secret rooms. That's a cool explanation. Huh? Yeah. So you did that, then it was over, you went back to your life. So what did you take with you? Like, how are you now, like, embodying some of these releases, some of, like, the practices, like, the, the teachings? Like, what is it that like, contributed to your life right now? Mm -hmm. Well, one thing is this home that I'm in was a decision that sparked from that last day, that last session, when I kind of, I, that whole week on a retreat, I was stressing about where I was going to live because I had done this Europe trip and you guys know this, but people listening, but I'd done this six week Europe trip without a place to move afterwards. I didn't know where I was going to live. I didn't, I was effectively homeless and I was stressing all week. Like I was even talking to uh, emailing during the week with a realtor from Chicago about moving there because that's where I had come from because I hadn't picked anywhere else. So I was like, all right, I guess I'll just go back there. And then it wasn't until that last session at the very end that I started to get some vision on what I, where I actually wanted to take my geographic location of life and what I saw as a conducive living situation to my spiritual fulfillment success. Um, so that, you know, as I came into the week without setting, I didn't set, as I always think it's funny with, with whether it's with this or with plant medicine or anything else, people like set intentions, like, you know, you'll go into ayahuasca or mushrooms. People will be like, I want to figure out what I'm going to do with my career. And it's like, yeah, sure. The medicine's going to tell you what it wants to tell you. Like you can have that intention, but like you're going to learn. It might be before you learn what you want to do with your career, you have to figure out why you hate your father. And then, you know, we'll, we'll get to that thing later. Right. So for me, it was like, I came into that week really just like, I want to take my yoga practice to another level and reset my nervous system from a month of partying across Europe. And then I had this subplot of where are you going to live, which I didn't think had anything to do with this retreat. And then the final day, literally the day before I was going back to um, the States was like, Oh, here's your vision that you're going to execute on your your, not only your geographic location, but the type of living environment you want to cultivate for yourself moving forward for the rest of your life. Um, 
And additionally, you know, I think in, um, you know, there's other things that I didn't think were intentions going in. And I'm, I'm so headstrong. I think, oh, this is what I'm here to work on. And then generally it was just other things that, that, you know, like my breath, just like working on my breath while I'm working day to day when I'm getting stressed, I don't find myself getting riled up as much anymore because I now have tools that I can utilize to when I feel myself getting worked up, which I think before I, and I still do this some, like getting worked up during work is like a drug a little bit. It's like, oh yeah, I'm going to get angry. I'm going to fucking yell at somebody. I'm going to like, you know, it's like start to get those blood pumping. Um, and then realizing that it's like, that's, it is a drug it's, and it's not healthy and you're going to crash from it. And um, now having, you know, daily practices like with, with my yoga with Hannah, but then also just being conscious of my breath and when to drop into it and how to re reset myself when I need to, which has been a real blessing for me. Oh, it's so beautiful. And it's so cool to see you a few months later now, like taking, taking this, next part of your journey and that's such a potent part of rhyme where it's like yeah like you said we don't really like do this like intention setting or even like have a you know that's why sometimes we don't even have certain like certain retreats don't even really have a theme because everyone has a nervous system and everyone has ability to connect to breath and when you do those things they're so foundational that whatever clarity you need will come right like if it's clarity and the next step of your business, the clarity and the next step for your relationship or for yourself or whatever it is that you're experiencing, you know, and, um, and to have that, that clarity and alignment is, is um, really just about tuning into trust, like going into yourself and trusting your breath and trusting your body. And like, I know through our work together specifically that you do that again and again, like in your, now in your day to day, as you move into your next season and, about to get really busy again right you have your anchors well i mean it's getting busier and busier every day now but i'm already like usually during the basketball season particularly once the travel starts to pick up i start to self-destruct into all my good habits go out the window you know it's like this cycle i've been through every year you know springtime summer i start to build really good habits and then by the fall I'm rolling and then the winter comes and I start traveling a lot for the basketball season and all my habits fall apart. And then by the spring, I've just been destroyed. And then I start the cycle over again, but we're now in December. So I'm farther along than I have been in any other year, as far as not self-destructing, like as far as keeping my health and my habits going now that this is, you know, I've had a few trips tomorrow. I'm actually leaving at 5am tomorrow. My first big test a 10-day five-city work trip which is going to be really intense and high focus and it's like can we continue maintaining this this balance and equilibrium which which is not easy but it's like we've already we've already gone far than we have before so the proof is in the pudding but um but this this will be a test and and it's funny i booked my flight for 5 a.m tomorrow i have to be up at three which again it's like i have that tendency to um run myself into the ground and just make these ridiculous travel schedules that are just no human can um, possibly withstand. Um, but that's part of the job. And, 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 and it takes as much uh, challenge as, as there is on the job side, you have to have that much discipline and, and focus on, on, um, 
on the personal, the spiritual, the physical side. And again, that's why the investment is worth it, where it, it, it's like, um, if I'm going to uh, do 10 cities, you know, or, or 10 days, five cities and 5 a.m. flights and red eyes and whatever, because I want to make X amount of dollars. Well, you need to invest X amount of dollars to make sure your body doesn't, you know, take a year off of your life doing that. that your body doesn't self-destruct yeah. capable of actually seeing that through. Um, and you can't just like pump yourself up with drugs or whatever. Um, you need to do it in a sustainable way. So mm. I forgot what the question was, but that's my answer. Well, that's um, good actually. Because my last question was, what would you say to someone? Question. Listening? Oh, oh. Mm -hmm. yeah, no, go for it. Well, my last question was, what would you say to someone listening about, um, like how to take, take how to take a step into something that they're maybe having trouble with trusting? And it, it, you kind of answered it there, right? Of just doing what you can and micro steps and, um, and celebrating, you know, progress and not perfection right so just we, we work on that a lot right like where can you just weave in ease it's not necessarily about like taking this huge crazy step or doing this big crazy thing or moving or starting a new job it's just where are you now and what can you do to create more ease and that that's something that we do a lot I feel like when we work with you but yeah Luz what was your additional question I mean it is it is um some sort of a build-up like what you said it's like you said you had some resistance, right? Like you always have this, like first this idea comes and you say, no. So now experiencing this whole year, you experienced it and it's fast. And like, what would you tell your your previous self and maybe someone who's listening, right? Who has similar uh, challenges. What would you tell them and yourself back then when you felt like that resistance? Like what would you tell your old self and the one who's listening? what to do what to follow it was interesting i think a lot of my resistance is rooted in like, like you know as my job as a sports agent i have to filter opportunities for other people so my yeah. natural state is skepticism because mm -hmm. i have to protect my clients from being taken advantage of or getting bad investments bad opportunities so i always start from a baseline of skepticism and then whatever the thing is has to prove itself to me right um and i would say what is beautiful about me though is that i do give the opportunity for something to prove itself i start with the baseline of skepticism mm -hmm. but i'm always open-minded for that skepticism to change i i'm not rigid in my belief systems like they like plant medicine which is different than what you guys do but something that's important to me i often will talk to people that have preconceived ideas of exactly what it is and why they don't need that and why it's not for them it's like cool good luck thinking that way you decide something that you've never done or, or experience is not for you have fun with that right but for me it's like i start with the baseline of skepticism but then i always am open-minded for something to prove itself to be worth it for me and i will try anything once or twice or three times so i would encourage anyone listening to like Begin with an open mind and anything in your life. Give it a chance. And then be critical in, in evaluating, if, is it right for you? Because a lot of people get wrapped up in, you know, buying consumer. Like I see a lot of like consumer products in the wellness space that seem like pseudoscience, seem like they're, they're, they're nonsense, but you convince yourself that it works or you're taking a supplement that you're convincing yourself that it works. You don't know if it works. And then 
I think people don't listen enough to like, is this, how do I feel before? How do I feel after? Is my body and spirit responding to this well, or am I reacting to someone telling me this is good or bad for me? Mm-hmm. So I'd encourage anyone listening. This is just like, begin with an open mind, try anything, and then listen to your body and spirit. Is this helping you? Are you having a positive reaction? If it is, fucking roll with it. And if not, let it go. for listening to this episode of Let's Rhyme Baby. If you'd like to learn more about how to rhyme with us, you can visit our website at www.rhymewithus.com. And through our website, you can also stay in the loop with our upcoming 2024 retreats. We have a lot of other new projects in the works launching in the new year. Thanks again and rhyme on rhymers.